Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. This conversation, I'm just going to come off straight off the dome. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be more of a therapeutic session for me than anything else. I'm just glad that you answered the phone. I am one of those people that had to learn to understand my heart. I am super big-hearted. I am the way that my lens is for life. I literally only have two gauges. It's black, it's white, it is or it's not. I have a very healthy assessment on who I am and all things, what I believe in and what I stand for and all of that. But I have to be honest with you, this thing with my heart, it is difficult. Because we are living in a world that's trying to make you feel like, um, you know, you should just be able to cut people off and, you know, you shouldn't feel. And um, and for the most part, I don't know if it's because, you know, she's a thoroughbred. I, I'm from New York. I, my on-off switch is ridiculous. But I have to say this. Once I came into a pure knowledge of Jesus Christ, it is no longer easy for me to just cut off if it's not for my benefit you know certain times I'm like look this person is no good <laughs> having access to my heart is a reckless um situation so in that case I'm just gonna go ahead and just mute you know I'm not gonna cut off we're not gonna umbilical cord everyone but I will go ahead and mute but I'll go ahead and tell you this the older and the wiser that I get it's almost like I start to feel hurt for secondhand situations. And I'm going to try to be, and I know this is a judge, judgment-free phone call, but for the sake of gossiping, I'm going to try not to say names, and I pray it don't slip out in a Freudian slip. I am starting to look at situations where there's dysfunction, and it is actually, truly breaking my heart. And I don't know if it's the social worker that's in me. I don't know if it's the Christianity side of me. I don't know if it's just the mommy in me. I don't know if it's the big hearted. I don't know if it's a culmination of all E, all the above. But what I do know is I know the detriment that dysfunction does to a person, especially in childhood, especially when it's not repaired in adulthood. And I feel like, not everyone had grew up, you know, just with the perfect equation for turning out to be the most awesome adult in life. I feel like, you know, whatever it is that you got from your parents and your caregivers, that was their potential best at that time. Had they known better, I would like to believe that they would have done better. But the generation that they came from and the generation that raised the generation that raised them, you know, going so forth and on, you only present what you know and what you saw. But it doesn't mean that you had a deficit of any sort or you had a you know bad start because that was your family of origin. My thing is, whatever happened in childhood, if it does not get resolved in adulthood, to me, it is an open wound to the heart that will continuously bleed until someone loves you enough to put pressure on it and say, hey, we need to deal with this. And I truly am that person. But what if I know anything about healing, 
it is absolutely the most scariest thing in the world. It takes bravery to want to heal something because it's just not a matter of, oh, okay, go in there and get some emotional ointment and we'll just go ahead and spread this across your soul. And then, you know, between three to five days, you should be feeling better. If not by the seventh day, just take two extra time and all. It doesn't work like that. For the soul, you literally have to peel back. It's like going into an abandoned building and pulling back the carpet. And you don't know what's underneath that carpet, but you're going to have to be brave enough to do something. Most of us are not even brave enough to even stand at the doorway of past, especially childhood, especially traumatic experiences. And I know we touched a little bit on it when we did discuss traumatic experiences a few conversations ago, but it just really, really makes my heart ache to see that people have the potential to mend certain relationships and they just have not done so. And I don't know why. And I don't know if it's because I had people around me die at a really, really early age where I started taking life super duper seriously. My brother was an innocent bystander. He was shot when he was 15. I think he was turning 16, maybe a few days shy, or he was actually he was 16 and a few days shy of his 17th birthday. And so that was my first experience into, oh, my goodness, (laughs) You know, life is not guaranteed. You can't just be walking around and just feel like, oh, okay, you know, that person will be there tomorrow. And I'll go a little into that right now because I feel led to. You know, for the most part, I'm an open book, um, but I understand that you're not everyone's read. And so I'll only go ahead and go back to a few of my previous chapters if the Holy Spirit leads me and it's like, hey, this will be someone's testimony. My brother and I were about five years apart and had a very rocky rocky siblinghood it was disgusting and mostly because we were raised by a woman who had to work a thousand jobs because she had to make up the deficit of no father in the home my brother and I had different fathers so we had different struggles it was you know I felt this pure almost like a hole in my heart for years because I did I never met my father Whereas my brother's father, his family was very involved. And now his father, per se, wasn't in the home because he was in the streets and things happened. And I don't want to put nobody's grandbaby business in the streets. But, you know, he had to go ahead and serve time for a large portion of my brother's life. But his family was very involved to the point that they took me in. You know, I'm calling (laughs) grandma, grandma, you know, she buying me Christmas presents. So I was very clear that I was accepted Um, with his side of the family. But I don't know if it was me being the oldest child or um, just, I guess, just being the first girl. I was very responsible from a very young age. And so it never gave he and I a chance to really strengthen our brotherly, sisterly bond. And so, again, going through childhood, you know, I'm like, you got to clean up because mommy said, you know, mommy put me in charge. And, you know, I was pretty much secondary mommy in the home because I had to make sure everything was done because as the oldest if things were not done she wasn't coming to him she was coming to me like didn't I tell you to because you know I'm the I'm I'm the one that was put in charge so fast forward years later it wasn't until I got pregnant with my son that he and I and I think 
I thank God for this. And I pray I don't get emotional because it seems like every time I go in this direction. But I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit and let's just see what comes of it. Because like I said, this is just fresh off the dome. I'm not even... I'm not even sure what's going to come out my mouth, but we're going to go ahead and see what happens. But resuming back to that. So I'm pregnant with my son. And let's see, this was, I found out in April. And so I was so afraid. I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, I can't. Because my mother and I already had a rocky relationship. That was not something I wanted to share. I was super duper. So at this time, I'm working. I'm in college. I, you know, I got my whole thing going on. I'm I'm renting my mother's basement yes actually paying her let's just go ahead and fast forward let's not even talk about that part because it makes me feel some kind of way and I just remember calling him yes while in the basement <laughs> upstairs I called my mother's phone and I'm like hey um is Frankie around that's my brother's name and she was like yeah why because mind you at this point it was historically known that my brother and I were literally Tom and Jerry I mean we did not it's just, it didn't work. It was oil and water to the 90th degree on a hot skillet. And so I called him and she put him on the phone and I'm like, Hey, I got to tell you something. And he was like, what? And I think if I remember clearly, I may have called him downstairs and I'll say, just come downstairs. And so I was like, yo, I'm pregnant. And the first thing he said was, yo, mom is going to kill you. I was like, I know, but don't tell her. But I don't know for sure. I took a urine test. The doctors are not sure. I'm going to go ahead and take a blood test. Can you come with me? And um, he was like, okay. So I was like, all right, um, Mom, taking Frankie with me to, you know, the, to, to Jamaica Avenue. That's where it was on in New York. And she was looking at us like to the point that she literally said, what is going on with y'all? <laughs> she was super confused. And I was like, I'm taking him outside. Mind you, I'm super old. I never wanted to take you outside. When we were kids, growing up, nothing. You stay in the house. And if it was one of those situations where it was like, you can't go outside unless he go outside, good. We both going to stay out inside because I'd rather not. Like, that, that's how crucial it was. So I go find out I'm pregnant. He's just like, whew, my goodness, what you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to have to. I, don't, I, I had no plan. So immediately he jumps into this whole different role that I've never seen before. Like my brother, we he can cook. And he was making like, I don't, he must have, I don't know, got a telepathic situation with my son. It, I didn't know he was a boy at that time. And it was just like, bro, you are making all my favorite things. Like, how did you know that I wanted the crispiest chicken right now with the buffalo wings, with the side of the ranch, bro, and the blue cheese of, of another option? Sir, oh my goodness. And for the next couple of months, my brother and I got so close, it was ridiculous. I mean, literally, I was like, you know what? He's kind of okay. <laughs> like, real talk, he's, where, why, I was missing all this. Like, I mean, amazing. And so I'm coming upstairs, and my mother's like, oh, who you cooking for? And he's like, oh, you know, he said me. And she was like, hmm? So, again, it kind of was like, what, 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 what is this? <laughs> and I guess kind of reflecting back, I may have told him because I felt like, it was only the three of us in the home. So just in case she wanted to kind of, you know, Bruce Lee me on a situation when I exposed that I was pregnant, at least I would have someone who had my back. Like, I don't know what I would have done if I called and wanted to speak to him and he was like, shut up, stupid. You know, like how we originally did. Don't speak to me and hung up. I would have been like, oh, 
yeah, well, I'm just going to wear um, winter clothes all throughout the summer. I don't care. Y'all going to have to figure it out. I'm going to, I don't know, pick up some extra hours. I'll just stay in the basement. I don't know how that works. So fast forward, fast forward, we're getting super close. Um, I don't know what the baby is yet, but I just felt like, man, it was just soft inkling in me that said, he and I will have another chance because now we won't just be brother and sister. We'll be mommy and uncle. Like, oh, man, you know, like that's freaking awesome. Because my mother went on to have um, my sister. My sister and I are like 16 years apart, which makes she and my brother 10 years apart. It's literally like, bro, are you serious? Like you, you had a baby and we're like freaking 90 years old. That didn't make any sense. So we had a different kind of. We had a different kind of bond with my sister, but we were establishing for the first time our bond, he and I. And so my baby shower came. Mind you, I found out I was pregnant in April. Baby shower comes in November, November 8th to be exact. And I remember, that's so crazy. I remember dates like that, like November 8th, 2003. Yep, 2003, because the month before. And my mother was very meticulous. She wanted things done the way that she wanted things done. If it wasn't done the way that she wanted, it just was not done correctly. God bless her. She was militant through and through. But, you know, that served to be greatness in some parts of her life and other parts, not so much. So in normal my mother fashion, she woke up bright and early in the morning and she had this thing. She was like, listen, here's the plan. <laughs> you know, morning of my baby shower. She's like, I'm going to go get the balloons. I'm going to go get the cake. I'm going to go get blah, blah, blah. And she's boom, 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 and going all down the list. Mind you, this is Saturday morning. What do we know about Saturday morning back in the day's family? Hmm? Right. Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> right? So she's giving down this list of what she's getting ready to do. She's letting me know what I have to do because, yes, pregnant or not, you finna do these Saturday morning chores. Uh belly in the way she didn't care I was like okay I guess I gotta clean the toilet <clears throat> okay and she told my brother listen I want you to sweep mop I want you to get this done I want you to vacuum and so she was expecting for all of this kingdom scroll to be done by the time that she came home from work I mean I'm sorry from the time that she came because she worked so freaking much from the time that she came back from getting the balloons and all the rest of the things for the baby shower when she came home my brother did not finish what he had to do. Now, fear had succumbed over me, you know, the equivalent of, I forgot to take the chicken out to, to unthaw out the freezer. Like, that's, that's what I felt. But I didn't think that it would be that serious because I was doing my part, so maybe it would soften the blow for him. She comes in the home. She walks in the living room. She's like, uh... Did you do anything that I told you to do? Talking to my brother. He pretty much was like, no. <laughs> like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, ma'am. On a half shell. Turtle power. You thought it was going to stop this? Mm-mm. Now, mind you, back in the day, it wasn't nothing you can rewind. You know, this is real premium, authentic TV, ma'am and sir. Okay? If he gets up from... With it not being a commercial break, he misses a portion of what just happened to Raphael. And at that point, that was how the Lord led his spirit. He wasn't there yet. So my mother, in all mother fashion, starts to go honey-glazed ham, pineapple flow, Thanksgiving, if you will, on him. 
da 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 she's you know screaming at him blah 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 and my brother cool karma collected so she said one phrase she said you better she whatever she said to him she pretty much was like you better go and mop the rest of this floor blah 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 now let me go ahead and explain to you she wanted him to mop the kitchen floor but she wanted him to vacuum the rugs that were surrounding the kitchen that's just the way that the new york homes were built don't ask me the surrounding rugs was burgundy right he goes downstairs he gets the bucket he gets the bleach he comes back upstairs because he got an attitude now because now he's missing premium Raphael. now you got him missing you know so that's what's going on in his spirit so he puts the bucket down he opens up the bleach he's having a hard time because a little bit of child safety block on there and he goes ahead and throws the bleach and she says this comment and this is when it all went down here from there she said if the bleach would have hit my carpet they would have still been trying to pull my foot out your bleep right so my brother looked at her and was like listen <laughs> i'm not you know he's referring to me he was like i'm not her I'm not Shawana. You put your hands on me, you're going to have a problem. Oh, M. Jizzle. I don't know where and why, um, but all I know is that I had to put me and my baby on the front line to save the universe because the way that she tried to leap across, I mean, I have never, she's never been in gymnastics as far as I know. <laughs> but the way that she did leaps and bounds trying to get to him, I was just like, so I kept trying to scream, it's my baby shower day. Um, I'm feeling a contraction, trying to get some type of word in. For, but my brother was just as calm as can be, like, bro, you hit me, it's going down. I do apologize. My apology in advance. It's going down. I do apologize. And so she did what she normally did to me, but this was the first time that she did it to him. She screamed the famous words, get out. So my brother left, went ahead and did the baby shower the whole time through. And for some strange reason, I was just, I was feeling it. I'm not even going to fib. I was like, man, you know, because I had went and got the little CDs with the music on it. And at that time, it's probably going to date me now, but at that time, the new release was Outcast. Hey! Oh, 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 hey, y'all, don't want to be no daddy, oh, oh, and I thought that that was the weirdest song on planet earth, and my brother was like, you don't know music, this is a hit, da, da, da. so I purposely went out and found where it was bootleg, please forgive me, Lord, you know, repent for my sins, but I went and found that song on the CD, so I was super excited, I came home when I knew I had it, and I played it for him, and he was like, oh, Oh, now you're trying to bandwag. I'm like, no, I guess he got a little rhythm, but I purposely did that so I can get him to kind of get into the groove of the baby shower. So when that song was playing at the baby shower and he wasn't there, like I felt something. And I'm like, man, now mind you, this is November 8th. I go on to have my son December 11th and still hadn't talked to my brother. I think my mother did try to call his father because at that time his father was active and released and all that and he was doing well and he tried she tried to call over there to his father's house and his father was like he doesn't want to speak to you so I was just like mm. I already knew what the vibes was because I heard get out a 50 hum 11 times so I already knew what it was but um I called and he didn't want to speak to me and I was like wait a minute <laughs> Bruh, April, May, June, July, August, like we've been good. Like our track record hasn't been the best. I give you that. 
But like, you know, these last couple. And then did you not remember when she was trying to hit you with the two piece in the family size biscuit? I, I got in front. Like, you know, I was making sure that platter didn't connect. You see what I'm saying? So when he didn't want to talk to me, I was like, mm, okay. Now, I have my son, like I said, December 11th. And old school saying is, you know, you can't go outside because your womb is open and blasey blue and what have you. And I just so I, I just was feeling cabin fever. I was like, bro, I got to get out the house. Now it's January 3rd, the next year, 2004. I go out. I just say, hey, I just want to go see, I want to go buy some Pampers. <laughs> like, just let me outside. I was feeling like Little Mermaid. I was Ariel. I want to be with the people. Like, let me out, sir. So I go ahead and get the diapers. I come back, and when I'm walking down the block to go to the house, I see him walking up the block with his friends. And so with his one particular friend, his name was Miles. And um, I said, you know, he walked past me. I was like, hey, and he didn't say nothing to me. And then he walked past, like, he turned the corner. And so I'm like, okay. And I promise you the Holy Spirit came on me so heavy. It was like, listen, I need you to go back to him. And I was fighting myself, like, no, nah, I ain't going to say nothing to him because, you know, it's easy for me to revert back. We wasn't talking before. And I'm trying to be big and bad. But, like, I literally reached the gate of the house and ran back because that tug was so strong that I can now recognize it was the Holy Spirit. And so I screamed out to him, do you want to meet your nephew? And he said, nah. And I said, what? He said, nah, I'm good. He gets on the dollar van, which in New York is a transportation that you can take in lieu of a bus. And I went inside the house and I burst down crying. And my mother was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I just saw Frankie, and he, and he didn't want to say nothing to me. And I asked him, did he want to see the baby? And he said no. And she was like, why is that doing something to you? And I was like, I don't know. And she was looking at me like, you are, oh, you must be. It's the hormonal. It has to be the baby. Because y'all never rock. So, what's, again, she's remembering what our past track record is. I was connecting for whatever the reason. Like, since April, we've been good. I get a phone call. Mind you, he's still not in the home because he wasn't. He just went ahead and said, listen, everybody in that house, I'm not speaking to nobody. My mother gets a phone call approximately maybe four to five hours later that my brother was shot. That he was shot in a grind. And we didn't know, you know, how detrimental it was, what, whatever. We just knew. She just knew I had, she had to go get to him. And so she was like, you know, watch my sister because I had a baby sister. She was like four. Um, and she's like, you know, just let me get, so, but my mother, she's crying at this point and I don't know what's happening and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, he was actually en route to go to one of my cousin's birthday parties. And I went ahead and I grabbed the cordless phone so that I can kind of listen out for my sister, but still see, you know, if my son is okay downstairs, so I'm back and forth. And this coldness came over me almost like I got confirmation that he died. And so I broke down crying. I called one of my friends. I'm like, he's dead. And she's like, no, you didn't hear from your mother yet. Don't blah, blah, blah. And I just, it was like, it was the coldest confirmation that I can get. I was literally shivering. It's like somebody opened up a freezer just near me. And I was like, why am I so cold all of a sudden? And so that was a sign to me. Um, at that time, that's how I computed it. Waited a little bit so I can kind of like calm myself down, called my mother. And she's just like, she lost it. And she confirmed, like, yeah, he passed. 
And so that was tough. I think that was the first time that I really understood don't take people for granted. I think that was the first time. I think that was the first time that I realized time waits for nobody. And he's been dead for years. And I said my part and I forgave myself, but it breaks my heart when I see that people take living people for granted. I had a lot of people die around me. And for whatever the reason, that one, that one does something to me. And I promised myself that I would never, ever, ever have it where I didn't let people know what they meant to me or I didn't at least try. And that before I cut somebody off, I really put the, the steps for it because at his funeral, the heaviness on my heart, looking at him laying there, I felt this, it's almost like this guilt. Like I didn't, I didn't allow myself to cry because it was like, don't cry now. You didn't try for years. And again, we were never shown how to be brother and sister. We were never shown. And so I don't know why all of a sudden this is getting to me. I don't know why, why his story always brings me to that. But lately I've been seeing people just be so disconnected from certain people. And it's okay if they no longer serve you. But just make sure that if an opportunity ever came and you felt led to do something, please do it. I don't know what I would have felt if I didn't run back and, and, and hear to that pulling on my heart of go say something to him. I praise God that he allowed me to go get diapers on a day that I didn't even need diapers. I praise God that my son brought me closer to my brother. I'm just, and I don't want this to be a sad conversation. I really don't, but and I could chalk it up to a whole bunch of other things, but I just want to say this. My heart was so heavy earlier because there's a certain relative that I feel like is not doing right by, and it was going to give it away if I say who, but I'm seeing a relationship kind of get watered down and torn apart, and it it breaks my heart. No one that is in my corner. I'm trying so bad not to say what this relationship is because I feel like then it would just give it away. But if you have the ability to strengthen a relationship, you literally, you are almost, in my opinion, obligated to try to fix it. Whether it's mother, son, father, son, you know, what have you. If you have not put your best foot forward and said, I did everything that I knew that I can do or that this relationship no longer serves me. And so I'm at peace with that. Please don't live a life of regret. Please don't. I really, I almost want to kind of say it, but I didn't get permission from the, from the person to go ahead and share this. So let's just say that I am watching an older person of a higher title 
mistreat someone that is near and dear to me. And when I look at that, it infuriates me. And I did not know until we just had this conversation just now why it was infuriating me. It was an anger mixed with a sadness, but it was like an overwhelming sadness. And now I know why. I don't take people's lives for granted. If I could literally get my brother back to just have maybe just another April or May, not even the whole thing through, but if I knew that that was going to be his last year being in my life, I would have did it differently. I would have did it differently. But I'm glad that I listened to the um, the inkling of I needed to get closer to him. I'm glad because I don't know how I would have felt knowing that his entire life, that's all I kept thinking, 16 years and I don't even know you. You know, between mom kicking me out and me having the first daughter and mother, you know, headbutt all the time. It just was like, I don't, he just was like a silent bystander at all times. I just, I never even, I was going through so much with my mother that I never got a chance to establish something with my brother, my only brother. And so with that being said, I literally understand now why I look at people and I'm like, you have two options. You are either going to be at peace that this relationship is as repaired as it can be and knowing your heart it's nothing else I can give it. It's a detriment to my emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Like at this point, I have tried. I can't change people. That's just it. Or you need to start looking in the mirror and saying, is my pride so big that I'm willing to hold this uh, grudge until they hit the casket? That's crazy. It's crazy. It just is. And if I had permission to really just say what it is, it just would make more sense. But matter of fact, I'll go ahead and just give you the relationships. I feel like that would that would kind of give it some premise. I am watching a mother, an older mother, not a 35, not a, no, she's in her 60s. I'm watching a mother single-handedly disconnect herself from her son. And... It blows my mind because I don't understand how it is okay to see a relationship where someone is actually trying to get closer and the only response that it's giving is that they move, you move further back. I do not understand that. And for the life of me, and I try to look at, oh, I'm like, she's older, she should know better. She's a Christian. I'm looking at all the different titles and surrounding things that I feel like you should know. Something should jumpstart in your heart. You're his mother. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? I've come to the conclusion, actually right now, that um, she's made peace with her coldness. You know, it's one thing to, you know... Um, kind of have your silences golden rule it's another thing to be so distant and cold that it feels like a living person is already dead and that's what aches for me because I know this person I know the child 
I don't care how much of an adult this person is. I know that there's a child inside that is reaching out for their mother and the mother is responding by presenting her back. I know that this particular adult is going to feel terrible when the cassock drops for this woman. And it hurts my heart. And all I'm going to have to do with all the experiences that I have is just be there. But I want to go ahead and give you this challenge. If there is any relationship that you feel like, I don't want to repair, but I know it's going to hurt my heart if this cassette drops and I didn't say what I needed to say, please do it. Because the one saving grace that helped me with the situation with my brother is that I went back and said something. I went back and said something. When the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to say something to him. I went back and said something. Even though he said he didn't want to see the baby, I said something. I don't know how I could have lived through that I missed that opportunity. I don't want anyone to feel that ever. So again, you know that these are life-provoking conversations. Let God lead you on where you need to mend. Let God lead you on the doors that need to be closed. And let God lead you on how to reopen necessary doors. You can't do any of that in your own space, in your own time. You just absolutely cannot. Out of all the time in the world that I could have got pregnant, out of all the time in the world that, you know, my mother could have kicked him out, it like God timed that so that I could have the opportunity to at least establish a relationship with my brother before he left the earth. And not everyone gets that opportunity. Everyone's, you know, everyone doesn't adhere to the promptings. I want you to get to a place that you get so close to God that even when you don't want to, you're able to override that to get to what he needs you to do because he knows what's coming next and you don't. So I hope I didn't make this a whole (sighs) extreme downer. You know, I'm not one to cry. I could blame it on me being partially hormonal or, you know, that womanly time. But I think the truth of the matter is that my heart was crying out and I just needed a, a safe place to do that. I just, I did. And I'm thankful that you answered and I'm thankful that you listened. And I pray that when I'm giving these stories and I'm giving these experiences that you actually have an open ear and an open heart. I don't want you to feel unnecessary pain. If I can take my pain and make it, your soft landing, I will. But I feel like you got what you needed. So as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to go wipe my face. I'm looking ridiculous. But you better not tell nobody you heard me cry. But I'm going to call you back later. Thank you so much for answering. Later.